0: Well, there's lots of optimism around this morning. There's a shift from bonds to equities. The US dollar has fallen. The Aussie dollar is up. And these aren't modest shifts, so why such a risk-on mood, particularly when the Evergrande situation hasn't been resolved, even though it was causing so much consternation earlier in the week? Some of today's action is a follow-through from the Fed. But when the Fed says it's getting ready to tighten policy, why would equities go up? And what's going on in the UK? The Bank of England seemingly sending the cat amongst the pigeons. But why? I've got lots of questions today. It's Friday, the 24th of September, 2021 it's the morning call from NAB good morning well, a big rise in US shares over 1.1% for the NASDAQ, 1.3% for the S&P 500, 1.6% up for the Dow. Banks doing particularly well. Bank of America up more than 4%. JP Morgan was 3.5% up. Shares up 1% on the Euro stocks 50 as well. But the FTSE 100 down a little. The reason? Well, the pound is up 0.8% today. It was even higher than that earlier on. There's been a big fall in the US dollar, losing half percent on the DXY. It's up 0.4% on the Japanese yen. The winners, apart and the pound being the euro up half a percent and the Aussie dollar up 0.8% back over 73 US cents so it really is a, a risk on morning with 10 year treasury yields up 11 basis points to 1.41% UK 10 year gilts also up 11 basis points to 0.91% and we've got further rises in oil as well WTI and Brent both up 1.25% uh, they were higher than that earlier and COMEX gold going the other way down 1.6% so why is everyone so so positive. Uh, let's talk to Gavin Friend from NAB in London. Uh, I mean, this is uh, I'm a real risk-on mood today. What's happened? Yeah, morning, Phil.
1: I think we need to separate a couple of things. Uh, one is what's going on at the Bank of England and its role in driving up Uh, benchmark yields we'll come to that in a second Mm. the general uh, well very positive mood as you say in Europe and US I mean I think it's fair to say it's something of a surprise for, for a lot of observers given what I think was generally viewed as a more hawkish Fed uh, yesterday, at least in terms of the combination of what we got in of a signal in the statement that if the economy continues as the Fed expects, a tapering can take place this year. And I think for many, it was a surprise the Fed really sort of reopened the door there after d- the disappointing non-farm payroll numbers that we got last month at 243,000. So the, the market view is uh, as long as The September uh, non-farm payroll due on the 8th of October is reasonable. We can expect uh, an announcement on the 3rd of uh, of November FMC Mm. for a December taper. But we also heard a Fed that has been suitably jolted, shall we say, by the extent and likely length of time that prices will remain elevated to the extent that half the committee sees the need for a hike next year. Well, that's quite awkward, you'd say. But in trying to pass why markets on Thursday – um, and stocks and bonds have really risen because
0: normally it would be it would be the reverse wouldn't it but unless you're saying well it's a sign of confidence in the economy so they're they're working on the back of that i guess you
1: you could make the argument that the taper wobble that we saw back after the june 16th fmc and that we now have some sort of conditional certainty on that that you know that as long as as long as the october 8th release of the September NFP is not, you know, it's not disappointing, Mm. then there is confidence. And actually we can get on with the taper and put it behind us. I still think we need to be careful on that because seeing and doing, we need to see whether that, that, that argument holds, but at the same time um, the Fed isn't, Wholesale behind the liftoff in rates in 2023. Remember, Chair Powell did emphasise um, all all but one of the FOMC members are behind a 2023 rate liftoff. And it's one thing to have half the committee saying, "Well, we look at 2022," but if if you don't have a majority, you, you're not going. And and many suspect that the sort the Fed governors are more dovish. Right. It's not until 2023 that we get you know the whole team. Four square behind the move, so I so, think that's sufficiently right. far out. I think so. That's where, hence
0: the-, hence the rise in equities because it's because it's it's not as hawkish as, as being assumed, I guess. And so the other the other side of it is, you know, you tr- talk about non farm payrolls. Are they going to be a stellar figure? Because we had the uh, the jobless claims weekly jobless claims for last week overnight, uh, they've gone uh, up to three hundred fifty one thousand from three hundred thirty five thousand the week before. So continuing jobless claims now over two point eight million from two point seven million last time they're going the wrong way so that's not hinting at the jobs bonanza for september for non-farm payrolls which is you know supposedly what the fed is hanging out for
1: we, we don't think that inconvenient details should get in the way of a good story phil i mean i think um, <laughs> you're you're right um but i think it looks like on the day that there was some season adjustment issues mm. and also possible delay uh effects of the uh of hurricane ida I think the point about the the market won't get tied up by one week's numbers, as we've said before on this show. Um, the trend remains down. If you're if you're an employer and you are struggling to find employees, you're less likely to let the existing ones go. So yeah. uh, that suggests that the trend on uh, jobless claims should remain. In a da- you know a downward one.
0: Right. Okay. I love it when you call this a show. By the way, I feel like I should do a bit of a, a tap dance routine in the mid- in the middle just to keep everyone entertained. Let's. I
1: would just say one other thing with Powell yesterday <laughs> yeah. is that he still likes that argument that when inflation drops back to target, uh, you know, as I mean, I, I know that the the, the median was two point three, which is slightly above where they want it to be, but when it drops back to target, that's still their central. Um, forecast, then the Fed can concentrate on its new mandate of full employment and not hiking or moving rates in response to very low unemployment in the absence of inflation, mm. so you know that's now. Now the, the jury is still out on can he can they do that? There's, you know, no one will know the answer to whether this rise in inflation, how temporary it's going to be for many months yet. If 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 he's wrong, if the Fed is wrong on that, then a lot of people are going to have to recalibrate. But you know, until that point, this is the. Uh,
0: yeah, this is the this is the direction of travel. Well, talking about inflation, so we had this big hike in ten-year uh, gilt yield in the in the UK. Uh, the Bank of England's met. I mean, they've kept interest rates in QE the same, but they've hinted that you know they expect inflation is going to reach four percent this year, and in their words, rising prices have strengthened the case for modest tightening of monetary policy. Over the next few years, so are they going to put interest rates up next year? That's the question.
1: Well, the market certainly seems to think so because they've bought forward the yeah. uh, the pricing the hikes of February now to fit. It, it, we should say it's a fifteen basis point hike. It's not a, a full twenty five, but you know we certainly go to fifty basis points on the market reckoning. Uh, in uh, in 2022 um and to your point there on the the what's helping driving uh US yields up today as well because remember after the fed yesterday the knee jerk reaction was something of disappointment and a flattening of the curve we saw 5 year yields going up 4 basis points in the US yesterday 30 years are up 10 so they've reversed much more than reversed the decline we saw yesterday they are also following up gilt yields 30 year gilt yields are up 12 uh, on the back of all this um, this hawkish talk from from the Bank of England. Our reading of the Bank of England, I mean, we do have a lot of headwinds coming to the UK, remember. Yeah. We've got an energy crisis. We've got tax rises coming next year. That's a certainty. Um, we've got real incomes falling. We've got the PMIs, as we saw today, now going from the top of the pack to the bottom of the pack versus the US and Europe. Um we've got four consecutive months of uh, declining retail sales albeit from a from quite a high level so the uk economy is not without its challenges our view is is that the bank of england if you look at break evens in the uk 20 year break evens are Right up at multi-decade highs, in a way that the US break evens are not. US break evens are trading. If you look at the ten-year, in a fairly narrow 225 242 range, that tells you that the markets respect what the Fed is doing. They don't think things are going to get that the Fed's going to get allow things to get to, to get out of hand. That doesn't seem to be the case when you look at break evens in the UK. There is a sort of a a trust issue here going on um, and confidence, if you like. And so what we might be seeing is a Bank of England that's talking the talk because it needs to do this. If you look at the, consumer inflation attitudes in the Bank of England survey, um, they're, at, they're at their all-time low in terms, since records began, of confidence that, that the Bank of England has got inflation under control. Quite clearly, the bank needs to do something right, to but is this, is this that control but there's back.
0: A, there's inflation and inflation. There's good inflation and bad inflation. There's inflation because demand is so high. And then there's inflation, which clearly is what they've got in the UK at the moment, uh, which is uh, fuel prices going up, supply constraints. Uh, it's food prices going up because uh, because uh, there's not enough truck drivers, then they're going to have a, 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 a the, the uh, taxes going up as well. So that you know you're going to get wage push inflation. And assume from 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 all of that, you have got struggling households. This is surely just going to make matters worse. It seems like exactly the wrong thing to do, doesn't it?
1: As we've talked before, this is a supply yeah. uh, constrained economy, and we know from the supply demand curve that that shifts left prices go up demand will fall and you're absolutely right if you hit such a situation with higher with tighter monetary policy or higher, tighter fiscal policy you're likely to crimp demand even further so so it's our suggestion that actually the bank of england is talking the talk but actually won't walk the walk yeah. it will look through yeah. this we'll get round to the whole of next year we'll know a bit more then about what is looking what it's building out to be a pretty grim winter in terms of uh, you know UK power output and uh, you know comfort for consumers and businesses uh, we'll find out very soon what's happening with a furlough scheme we expect the central expectation is is that a lot of workers still on that scheme will not go back to full-time work and so the unemployment rate will go up and that will give the bank of England you know cover for pause for thought
0: really so as an indication of just how central banks all over the world are all moving in different directions as we said yesterday uh, the Norwegian bank did lift rates As we'd expected, Uh, we've got the central bank in Turkey cutting rates by 100 basis points, which was expected by, well, nobody really, except perhaps uh, Mr Erdogan. So uh, I'm not sure about the independence of the uh, Turkish central bank there. But let's look back at this optimism. Uh, It's happening despite earlier in the week, everyone was fearful that Evergrande was going to uh, not meet their deadline for coupon payments on Thursday. Uh, And they've got more uh, payments due next week as well, by the way. Reports seem to suggest that's not happened. I mean, earlier in the day, there was optimism that they would meet it. It seems like they haven't now. Reuters is saying no, there's been very little communication from the company. Bloomberg is saying the c- c- contagion you know, could be more pronounced. For example, their electric vehicle arm is not paying staff or suppliers, uh, and they're missing delivery targets. Uh, I mean, not, there's no good news around this, and yet it seems to have um, fallen away as a as sort of a side story. Yeah,
1: I, I think the news on Evergrande is still a little bit confusing. Um There's a lot of talk about a 30-day grace period on the repaying of the interest on the dollar bonds. So we need to kind of see a bit more detail on that. Mm. Note that the PBOC has also injected quite a lot of of liquidity into the system, and I see a story that uh, China is actually still urging Evergrande to avoid default, repay retail investors as it would under the sort of common prosperity theme. So I think the jury's still out on this. You know, we don't know whether when is it default a default there's a lot of technicality
0: there yep. um all right and it's just everybody's watching and waiting okay so very quickly uh, manufacturing and services pmi's yesterday down in france and germany and across the euro area in the uk as well in the united states as well but they're still over 50 so still growing and uh, australia manufacturing is actually on the rise from 52 to 57.3 even though understandably services is still well below 50 but uh, not as bad as as august so and none of these are as bad as they could be. Actually, weren't they? Considering you know we've had lots of. I think lockdowns. you're right. The
1: overall readings are still good. It's still showing that uh, economies are expanding, just at a less fast pace. I think the interesting thing for us, though, on those numbers is the disappointing thing was that European composite numbers. So that's all of the European uh, economies, and it's the services plus the manufacturing. Um, the, the, the pace of the slowdown there, the turn down to less expansionary, has been quite marked. So, for instance, you're looking at the um, the services in Europe now goes from 59 to 56. The manufacturing from 61 to 58. I mean, that's quite a marked pullback, and it suggests that. You know where the forecasts from the ECB are that we're going to get growth it's 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 now being realized above trend growth is tantalizingly close um suddenly we're getting um the supply constraints are hitting not only manufacturing but services activity as well and we do know we have this energy crunch that's it's worse in the u k than it is for Europe but it's still there in Europe yeah it's yeah. only got about twenty percent spare capacity there so you know I think these things together are just um. Uh, adding to caution that maybe the best is over for the moment until we can get some sort of space on the
0: supply constraints. Right, and yet still we've got this optimism around today, haven't we? Look, today, uh, New Zealand's balance of trade this morning, Germany's IFO number later on, we get US new home sales early tomorrow morning. Uh, but I guess the main thing is we've got a bunch of Fed speakers. So to your point earlier on, are they actually, you know, collectively, are they as hawkish as we're led to believe? So we've got Bowman, Clarida, Jerome Powell, uh, John Williams, they're out in force. Will they all tell the same story well
1: we'll have to wait and see but i mean i think we learned quite a bit from uh, chairman Powell yesterday i think he was um you know very confident he almost blasé really on you know the uh the the, the direction of travel so it'll be interesting to see whether we get any pullback or, as you say whether they're all singing from the same yeah. um slightly more hawkish uh, song sheet
0: we'll see won't we good to talk gavin catch you again next week sometime thank you Thanks, Phil. And that is Friday Morning's Morning Call from NAB. I'm Phil Dobby, back again with another one on Monday morning. Have a terrific weekend. See you then.